before we get into this episode, I need the help from you, the fans, the listeners of a little bit of everything with me. I've been recently nominated for the Latin Podcast Awards 2020, and I need your help. That's right. You heard me. I need your help. I need you to head over to latinpodcastawards.com. Yes, there is an S after the D, latinpodcastawards.com, and I need you to vote for a little bit of everything with me. I really thank all of you for your support so far and the continuous, oh my gosh, the love that I'm getting from all of you and I really appreciate it. Just head over to Latin Podcast Awards and vote for the podcast. I really appreciate those who have voted and those who are going to vote. And guys, let's get back to the show. Disclaimer, reviews and opinions expressed by the guests may not reflect those of the podcaster. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me, and I am your host, Angelica. This is a podcast that talks about a little bit of everything, so sit back and enjoy the show. and welcome back to another episode of a little bit of everything with me today my guest has a new technology system to enable people to perform direct voting on all their local state and federal issues dan welcome to the show how are you doing today well thank you so much i've been an activist advocate for my whole life really i grew up as a unitarian universalist in the church there and i I really honor and I love the abilities to work with Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, uh, environmental concerns, animal rights. There's a lot of great groups out there that I've joined and what I'm trying to do with this is really focus and bring them all into the umbrella. Because for the longest times we've had protests and people out on the streets and there's a lot of great causes, a lot of great issues. And what I've come to realize, a lot of other talk show hosts, I'm, I've been a talk show host since 2014 and I've even put myself out as an unaffiliated write-in president candidate and I want to get the flavor of like all these groups that's the really kernel and the basis of Unitarian Universalism if people look it up the church is about uh, helping people advocating I remember as a kid growing up in the church, you know, going, you know, being involved with protests and helping people that are hungry and helping people who are homeless or need a better opportunity. And it's just reaching out like with a fig leaf among all these various groups and seeing how we can all walk together hand in hand and bring direct voting for the first time, both in the U.S. and Canada, where you are and around the world. For the first time ever, because we've never had direct voting. We've always had this representative form of government. We put these people in power, but then even when we elect people, maybe they have four things we like and three things we don't like or whatever, or maybe like eight things they like, two things we don't like. But then we also find time and time again that they're lying uh, when they get elected. You know, they get in the chair and suddenly they're not following up on what they promised us in the election campaign. So when we move to a direct vote system, and I walk in the uh, steps of a lot of very uh, famous direct vote advocates, such as Reverend Martin Luther King, 
Cesar Chavez, Gandhi, many others who said, let's bring it back to we the people. And it's saying that if you want to use that word republic form of government or where you are in Canada, it's a parliamentary, where I know if you become a Canadian citizen, you still have to look at Queen Elizabeth, which mm -hmm. is feudalism. I'm saying that we still have feudalism even here in the U.S. because we have 535 in the U.S. House. Uh, we have 50 governors. We have one president. Uh, we have 10 people maybe in the city council and one mayor. That's just a handful of people. We have nine Supreme Court justices, a handful of other appellate judges. And maybe you add it all up. We have 3,000 people total, grand total, who are in these elected or even selected positions, which is even beyond, uh, I would go so far as like, why are we just selecting Supreme Court justices? Why aren't we direct, direct electing them as well? And one of my favorite lines in Latin is actually, de oppresso liber, freedom of the oppressed. And it's saying that we're all oppressed, that we all have these flavors of slavery, and that we've been hinted at by media and a lot of other sources that we have freedom just because we can go out and buy a bunch of ice cream flavors, you know, having 40 flavors of ice cream. And I love people to go check out George Carlin, uh, the famous comedian. It's the owners of the system. The owners don't care about us at the, at the highest levels. I'm not talking about millionaires. I'm talking about the trillionaires at the very highest echelon who have been pushing the system for so long and packing it with a bunch of lies saying that we have freedom, that we really have democracy. And we've never had democracy, never, ever in the U.S. and around the world. We've never had where we, the people, are actually direct voting directly on our issues, both at the local, state, national, and international levels. I'm driving this along with Bob Dunsmore, the great mandate for a direct vote. Also, please go check out David Frank, who has the great website called onevoicenow.org which is actually starting to be implemented here in the U.S. in Ben Harbor, Michigan, a town near where he lives, and other towns are starting to take this because they see the value in us all having a participative say, a direct voting for the first time in the history of humanity. It's really exciting times what we're proposing, but we also have the solutions uh, with electronic town halls, the Council on National Integrity that's calling on a recess of government, until they sign an oath to help people, not the corporations. And then we can move forward uh, to see a better day for the seventh generation, which is a Native American indigenous term, which means for our children and our grandchildren that we quickly turn over. And even if people don't have children of themselves, they still are kind of inherently all our children. When we look at the tribal, the Ubuntu and the African ways that we, you know, we're all sisters and brothers in the same tribe of humanity, seven billion people, sisters and brothers holding hands, collaborating, seeing a better today and tomorrow. It's true. We're, we're all brothers and sisters. And it, it, it's crazy how what the world has come to. And how did this all come about to you? When did all this evolve when you came up with this idea that we have to do something like this? Well, growing up in the Unitarian Universalist Church, I uh, was inspired to always be an activist and advocate. A big chunk of my life has been 20 years in technical writer, business analyst, quality assurance, which I fell in love with. I've worked for AT&T, Fortune 500 companies and Ingenious Med, which has actually really grown since I was like employee number 12 startup. I've been involved with quality for the longest time. And, you know, that word quality is so exciting for me, too. It's an area when I also talk about direct voting that we can actually have like Six Sigma, Scrum, Agile. These are sound like uh, really uh, big terms, but they are great quality. And I've seen the beauty in that. 
And sometimes if you're really a quality person or activist or advocate, maybe you're disliked by an organization because you're coming in and you're saying, oh, let's, uh, let's see how we have better products and services. Let's see how we can be proactive instead of reactive. Let's be forward thinkers. When we look around the world, we can have some nuggets of information from like Asia, how when they plan a school or an institution, they look 100 years in advance instead of just slapping something together. They think, well, okay, we build a school now but maybe it'll be something else, you know, 50 years from now, or just thinking outside the box and being more proactive instead of simply reactive. And that that's a good way to look at everything from whether it's a government or a business or a family. Uh, if we can have some contingency plans, some preparation. I was a Boy Scout too, which I, I really enjoyed and it's helped me a lot. I almost made it to Eagle. I was the life, which is like one step right below Eagle. And I'm really proud of that because one of the mottos is be prepared. So all of these kinds of things came around because I've been myself with some struggles that I've had personally, and I'm really honest and open about some of the things that I've been through because I feel like it's so important to describe my own life. Why, you know, you ask a great question, like, why would I be doing all this? Why would I be an activist or an advocate? I'm the uh, baby brother of like three older brothers, and they're always like really dominating and controlling. And even uh, my dad died like three years ago. My oldest brother took a bunch of money from me and against my will, he's completely doing everything to control it. And it's a large amount of money and um, I'm getting like 500 a month and he feels like he's doing it in his best interest. Unfortunately, it, it's been good because I've gotten to see a lot more of using that money. It's helped me somehow, uh, helped me out in some ways, but then sometimes if I ran out of money, I stayed in four homeless shelters or I traveled. So I see some some value in what I've had to go through because I now I have a much better perspective of when you come to a new city with no money. Here in the U.S., we do see a lot more where they're criminalizing uh, people who are living on the streets. And so after staying in four homeless shelters, and I'm fortunate where I'm calling in from today, my friend took me in um, is not charging me rent so I can save up a little bit of money and get uh, a, a better footing. But for a while, I was actually uh, with little or no money and having to live in the woods for a while. And it wasn't just because I wanted to live on the Appalachian Trail, which I do love doing. I ended up living there recently two weeks because I just ran out of money. I, I didn't have the money to stay in the city and I could have stayed in the homeless shelter, but I, I decided I'd have more freedom living on the trail. So you have to make some really hard decisions here in the U.S. when you run out of money. I see like how terrible the shelters are. And I totally understand why people don't want to stay in the shelters, that they'd rather take their risks and live under a bridge, even though it could potentially be more risky or hazardous just to put up a tent under an interstate. I totally get it now because of all the rules and religion that they push on you and all the things that go on in these uh, uh, homeless shelters. Uh, some of them are not good. I've actually stayed at some that are good. These kinds of things have kind of pushed me to see a different world because I was making like 80,000, 120,000 a year, making really good money in Atlanta for 14 years. But I was also feeling like Walter Mitty. I wanted to be the adventure guy. I wanted to hike the mountains and do all these like great adventures. And so that's why I wrote the book called Looking Glass Shattered, Cubicle Commando to Real Democracy Leader. And it's you know the idea that we all live in this cubicle. We, we go to work in a cubicle, cubicle interstate, a cubicle marriage, cubicle home. And then, you know, we go from one cubicle to another. And then, you know, we go to this office cubicle. It feels like the cubicle is a coffin. And I almost, I started feeling like, well, when I die, are they just going to make my cubicle at work into a coffin? I just die into my coffin and they just bury me. 
I wanted more out of life than just that. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that uh, because it's not easy for anyone to share any part of their journey of life. And really thank you for sharing that to all the listeners and to myself because, wow, I'm, I'm just like, Wow. <laughs> well, thanks. I, I want to simulcast this. I'm excited. I'll put it on. I do this show called Hashtag E-Town Halls. Mm -hmm. And that came from my friends. You mentioned a lot of my things where uh, I came up with the title Shattering. You know, the idea is shattering on all the levels, local, state, national, international. One of the things I want to bring up, which is really fascinating, is because I've been to some of these protests and some of these different groups. And one of the protests that I learned about recently was people were protesting about the polar bears and the shrinking eyes. And one of the instructors said to uh, the people in the audience, like, what is it about you that's the polar bear shrinking in eyes? And I thought that was a brilliant point. Then when we, as activists and advocates that we look at, you know, why do we feel so compelled? So there's always this ingredient to any activist or advocate that you might meet anywhere in the world. There's something within them. So why would I be the guy pushing direct votes? I think when I die and on my tombstone, I'd like to have Hashtag E Town Halls. I want to be known as the electronic town hall person and the direct vote. These are the, my legacy. These are the things I'd like to see no matter how many years I have left or, or what I do. That's my hashtag, you know, my hashtag that go on my grave. I guess it's an interesting thought. What hashtags that we would have, you know, that we want to push or that we want to see somehow or get the voice out. And so I'm excited. These ideas and thoughts come from a lot of other ideas and formulating Honestly, if I hadn't done these talk shows, I've, it's really opened me up. I'm really glad to meet you, Angelica, and hopefully we can stay in touch. I just sent you a friend request on Facebook. We can stay in touch as time goes by and that we can really see, uh, like the African nuptials say, kumbaya, kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all holding hands around the campsite with a fire. I'm being very optimistic, although we're seeing things crumbling. I also realize there is a climate crisis uh, that we need to address urgently, um, but it's also you know, looking at the bigger picture, not just what we're force fed on corporate run media because uh, we're not hearing the whole story. So underneath it all, I'm like this shattering guy or the, the uh, direct vote, the they oppress the bear, freedom of the oppressed, and that we're all oppressed. I'm that kind of person. It's just you know inherently like in my DNA and some things. And I guess they always say, even though I had my problem with my brother, like taking the money and not listening to me at all and not collaborating, not negotiating, not uh, having listening to me at all. And it's made me a better person. I can see there's a saying that Buddhism and some of the other teachings is that sometimes the people that we see is like our adversary or the person's really hard on us to try to see the, the goodness of what they're trying to do and, and try to see that, that they lead a, help lead us down a path. And there is a saying that we actually choose our path before we're even born. There's some people that believe that, that you know, we actually set this up in that time period or you know, time probably doesn't necessarily have any value then, but that we actually choose our relatives, we choose our life. There's some beautiful sayings that can help us get past depression, anxiety, PTSD and trauma, that helps us take more ownership of our lives to say, oh, well, you know what? I think I chose this life and I even chose my family, my both family, and that there's some better purpose or there's some teachings and some things that I had to learn here, that this is a training camp. And it's quite a journey and it's true what's happening in this world and uh, things that we should be focusing on and there's more to it. What do you think us people should do who want to get involved or help you out? 
Well, that's a great uh, question. We're actually looking to do weekly conference calls. And right now we're actually looking for a facilitator. It, would, it wouldn't be a, a huge job. We want to make it, you know, it's not like a full-time job. It would just be a short-time job. If you're interested, please contact me. I'll put my phone number out and my email. It's a 323-496-7649. And my email, I have a lot of emails, but I, I'll just put one that's easy. R-O-Y-B-A-R-O-N. And that's one R, R-O-Y-B-A-R-O-N at live.com. That's my email on Outlook. We're looking for really a, a social media coordinator who can help do the agenda items and like have really productive meetings. You can learn the how it works is onevoicenow.org. And that's about direct voting. And it's actually the instructions of putting electronic town halls and the National Council on Integrity into reality. One of the things journey that I've learned is, you know, collaborating and uh, having that conference call just today with Nicholas, who lives in Fort Wayne, Indiana. That was a beautiful call with, he's the host of a show, uh, Public Access Channel. It went out on an FM station with Bob Dunsmore and David Frank. And so Bob Dunsmore is the, has the great mandate for direct vote. And people can go check that out on etownhalls.com if you go click on the movement. So you can just reach out to me directly. Uh, we are looking for facilitators who want to run with this. And we've got, uh, it's using local public broadcasting that we all have, turning it over back to a local issues channel so that it's streaming 24 seven. You can vote with your phone, you can vote by mail. We want to open it up uh, so we are using blockchain uh, direct voting and, and blockchain is a great technology where it takes us way beyond the current voting process that we have right now. Uh, right now, we only have one community database that can easily be hacked because everybody goes to vote and they push a bunch of buttons or whatever, and then they walk away and there's no transparency or anything like that. But with blockchain, uh, digital direct democracy, we have a, let's say here in Austin, we have a million voters each voter would get their own database and they can see it. They can log in and they can see their results and they can tabulate it and there's transparency and they could even count the votes if they wanted to. And there should be some ways using optical character recognition and all the great technologies. Um, please go check out the interview I just did with Ben Ballengal. Uh, he's got a flux party in Australia. It's amazing with technology. I use that Zoom application and I just did a great interview with him. They've got 10,000 members in Australia and they're pushing this flux party. They've tried to actually to make it into a real party. I'm excited about the flux party because it is talking about direct voting and it's a very simple thing. It's, so you can reach out to me and um, we'll connect you with David Frank and Bob Dunsmore and Nicholas and many others. So it's, it's a growing thing. A lot of people are excited about it. Uh, it's just giving voice back to we the people in Athens, Greece, when they proposed democracy, they didn't have these tools back then. And we're also here in the U.S., we have a really old, antiquated constitution from the 1700s that's out of date, and other countries have changed their constitution a lot. Uh, I really honor and uh, really want to meet Evo Morales, who was the president of uh, Bolivia. They rewrote their constitution in Bolivia in 2009 to give Mother Earth rights and to give people rights. The reason why he was kicked out recently out of Bolivia uh, is because he was pushing for the people. He was president just until recently. Now he's had to flee in exile. I think he's in Argentina, the last I've heard. But he's running for his life because he did fight the corporation. He's, a, in my opinion, Evo Morales of Brazil is the greatest president of all time. And I'm actually looking to put the uh, Constitution, both in English and Spanish, in, uh, on the etownhalls.com website because it, it's a success story that we, the world should see. And I'd like to see Evo 
get every award that we can do, including the Nobel Peace Prize. He deserves it. He's an incredible president. He's the first indigenous president in the American continent in the modern era ever. And he's an example of like uh, being indigenous. And he was also fighting for the strikers. He was assassinated, like left for dead and somehow survived being shot. And especially after my friend Bob Dunsmore lived there for three years, I just got off the phone with Bob and David Frank. I try to talk with them every day because they're really inspiring me to keep this going and see how we can grow and spread. But Bob lived there for three years and he was also involved and knew some of the people with the, the building of the Constitution. And he still has some dear friends that uh, were involved with that. I think it's such a huge success story that we can all shine a bright light on this as a beacon of hope that it is possible with these movements. And hopefully Evo Morales will come back. The new president has been thumping, I, I call it the wrong version of the Bible. There are several versions of the Bible that there's actually 45 books that were removed from the Bible. A lot of people don't know that. Um, there's a lot of good information you can find and truth or information now. But the, she was holding the Bible, the new uh, president of Bolivia, and she's saying that uh, she doesn't want the savages, including Evo Morales, to come back to Bolivia. And so all the indigenous people are protesting and rioting now on the streets because she's coming in and hand in hand with the corporation. They just want to steal all the lithium, natural resources, uh, along with the corporation. And so, you know, what she's saying is very racist against uh, people who are indigenous. And I believe, and part of my mission, among many missions, is to bring back the indigenous in aboriginal ways. As things, we start seeing capitalism collapsing, uh, let's look to collaboratives like Mondragon in Spain and how they run a business and also look at ways we can use indigenous ways to building houses and indigenous ways of filtering our water that are either free or no money. So they're completely outside the buying and selling, uh, you know, greed and corruption. And I tell people, go check out heartmindalliance.com. That's the founder, uh, Bob Dunsmore, and he has all these technologies. He's got He's got like tons of content, communities around the world that can all use to be off the grid living, uh, how to have inexpensive or, or free heating or cooling for your house and filtering your water and solar, all this great stuff. Wow. You've got a lot of information, a lot of information that you've given um, myself and the listeners. And what is your goal and your outcome with all of this? I think if I can go to my grave and I think it's the same mission statement of Bob, David, and many others is like to see direct voting actually happen and just so excited. Uh, we've seen some worldwide uprisings for the same thing, but they always got shot down or they got intercepted, hijacked by other movements like Arab Spring. I remember in 2011, that was such an exciting time. He was like, yeah, people in the millions marching in the streets. But then it, it, what got took over was like this extreme form of religion. You know, they've got this, what came in after that. And then, you know, I was excited when the Soviet Union fell. I'm 51 now, you know, and that happened in the 1990s, you know, when the Berlin Wall fell. And so there was like this general excitement around the world, but nobody came forward to really say, okay, here's the plan. There's another really popular group here in the U.S. called Become Ungovernable, and they have a huge following. They, I agree with what they're doing. I just want to insert also that, okay, let's let's grab the solution instead of being a rant show. And a lot of the shows that you see now on the media, including our news, they're talking about all the horrible things that are happening, but nobody's coming in with 
saying, okay, direct vote, direct vote, direct vote. We've got to, we've got to do this. So whatever I can to help bring this goal and give power back to the people, not have it be hijacked by other causes. You know, as we were talking earlier about these protests that have happened in the U.S. from Rodney King, the riots, that was about police brutality here in the U.S. These leave long lasting scars. Like if you go to L.A. today in 2020, the riots that happened there, you still see buildings that have been burned down and boarded up. More recently in Baltimore, there was riots. So the idea is that let's meet these things and let's get this to the people. And even the oligarchs, I believe, will have to cave. The owners of the system will have to cave to these things because these are rational safe ways to say we're going to turn it over to direct voting. Thank you, honestly, for sharing all of this. And you're full of information. (laughs) And I I love it. I love it. Um, You really got a passion for this. And now your podcast, the it's called the E-Town? E-Town Hall? Yeah, it's called hashtag E-Town Halls. And that actually came from there was a candidate for president here in 1992, uh, Ross Perot. He just died last year, but he was actually pushing for electronic town halls. And people here in the U.S. were really excited about it. They loved the idea. And then it got, his life was threatened, so he backed down. But he did get 20% of the vote. And a lot of people actually think that he won the presidency, that because there's so much fraud that the Democrats and Republicans rigged the election. And I wouldn't be surprised. That's, a, that's another sign of, like, we're not, we're not direct voting uh, democracy. It's called Electronic Town Halls, and it's taken the vision of Ross Perot, uh, the vision of OneVoiceNow.org. And if you go to the How It Works section, you'll see using uh, local access uh, broadcasting and getting all the, these great technologies uh, like the Flux Party is doing in, in Australia and just bringing them all together. So Electronic Town Halls is the idea that we're, being, we're creating the issues. Like you and I, Angel- Angelica, right now in Toronto, you could walk in and say, you know what, I have a solution to here in a homeless issue. I actually, I see an abandoned building. There's an old Home Depot in Toronto, and I want to put that up uh, in my local city council. You just walk in to the city council or on this electronic town halls, you submit the issue, you put your name next to it, and you say, let's just take this building, and here's the steps that we'll do it, and we're going to open it up, and people can stay here who are on the streets. Instead of them having to suffer in the cold and the the challenges are there. We're going to make this into a humane Home Depot like that, you know, is closed now or some other business, for example. And you're actually creating the issues. And then we can all be debating them, being informed on them. We can even defer our vote to experts in the field. If it's something that's really technical or really complicated, or we can, you know, learn from them, they could come and speak on an electronic town hall or, or a local town hall. It's not just all electronic. I there's so many uses of like, even here in Austin, the city hall, we could dedicate areas within the city hall. Uh, once we no longer really need a mayor or city council, we can move past that. That's old antiquated queen king model. And then we get to like really resolving these things. But you could walk in, raise your issue uh, locally, but it could be a local, state, national, and even international level that you could raise. And we're all working on your issue. We're respecting each other. We're talking about it, debating it. And then we could even vote on it, all of us, and even implement it. And we'd all be part of it. And it would be such an exciting step for all humanity. And we don't have anything right right now. And I, I want to say that a lot of people are not voting and the system is corrupted now and it's all flawed. And I would even go so far as to say what we're proposing is like light years ahead in security. It's going to be way have way more data security and 
uh, stability and integrity in the in the voting system that we're all of us are proposing. And I want to emphasize that OneVoiceNow.org, E-Town Halls, and the great mandate for direct vote that Bob Dunsmore and David Franks, uh, OneVoiceNow.org. This is not my uh, movement. It's all of our movements. It's it's all humanity coming together, and that we can work together. So I'm excited to do what I can to help bring this into reality. It's, that's fantastic. And I, like I said, you have a passion for it and, you know, it, hopefully it can bring in new people who wants to help out for all the listeners out there. Everything is going to be in the show notes and Dan, with everything that you are doing and you're creating, what do you do for fun? Well, that's a great question. Cause I, I just went through uh, some recent things. I was dating a lady from Brazil for six months. I'm actually trying to learn Spanish and Portuguese. I'm actually getting a lot better at it. And especially Bob uh, lived in 20 countries on his travels. And so Spanish and Portuguese, I try to learn both. They're beautiful languages. I love to learn, get out there, uh, do more travels. And so even though I'm not really dating her anymore, I'm back in the U.S. And then I did go through some ceremony that I, really has helped me a lot. I actually tried ayahuasca in Cancun, Mexico, and also Bufu alvirus. And they're both DMT. Bufu alvirus is from a toad that lives in Sonora, uh, Colorado, all the way up to Colorado area. And it's a secretion of the toad. And it was a really powerful ceremony. And I think there's a, a really strong spiritual sense that's come over me to and I just did that recently, March of last year. And these ceremonies and these things, we all are one. And these types of, whether it's a medicine uh, from the jungle, ayahuasca is a plant that lives in uh, South America that thrives in, in warmer climates. And so people are actually starting to embrace more of these things. And these tools can be great to get people out of this idea that they're all alone or that they're, they're not connected to anything. Because we spend a lot of time in the cu cubicle. We don't necessarily go out and connect with nature or live in the woods for like two weeks. And one of the beautiful things I did last July was I lived for one week, just all alone. I pitched a tent right next to this beautiful river. And I, that's all I pretty much did was just stay there all by myself. I wasn't talking with anybody. And recently I did a meditation uh, center here in Texas called Vipassana. And it was a 10-day silent meditation retreat. So I think one of the big questions that we can all ask every day when we wake up and go to bed at night is how much ego should we have and how much, you know, is ego serving us? And so I think we all have to figure out, you know, especially so many things around the world we're dealing with, like the coronavirus, the climate crisis, on and on and on. We've got urgency. There's a sense of urgency to the, the roaring 20s that we're in, these 2020s. You know, the market uh, instability, the market's been dropping a huge amount recently with the scares in China. Um, so, you know, we've got so many things we've around us, but my hobbies include like hiking. I spent um, a, a great deal of love and being on long hikes in the Appalachian Trail. I'd say if people haven't done it before, try to do at least like a one week hike in the woods where you're all alone in the woods and like reconnecting with Mother Earth. And it's so beautiful. And some of these ceremonies, I also did the Mayan sweat lodge, which was amazing with like 20 people in this lodge where they had saw you know this heat and they had these hot rocks and we were chanting and singing different uh, prayers and in, in the mayan language it was so beautiful you know some of these things i hope everybody gets an opportunity to really get outside themselves and see the gifts of being outside the ego and being outside of just thinking that it's all about division and separation 
And even our language, like the English language, has these words like mine, they, theirs. And if we live in a tribal hut, they don't have these languages in some of the indigenous languages. Like if you have water and you live in Africa in a hut, everybody shares the water. And that's part of Ubuntu, which is another word that I love. It's U-B-U-N-T-U. And it's saying that we all share the berries. We don't just hoard them all for ourselves. And then we look at all these, this currency or hoarding all these houses and properties and things instead of sharing. And so I think we're coming out of that era. And I think things are, I stay optimistic that things will get better. And so my hobbies are always like studying, reading more, and I'm intrigued by the uh, Bolivian constitution to learn more about that and languages and connecting with more people. Growing this talk show to be like an international kind of talk show one day with many different languages and all around the world. So I've got a lot of these types of things. I like, I'm very fascinated by the media. I, I stay in touch with what's going on around the world, backpacking, you know, outdoors. I'm looking to do more public speaking in the near future to get up on the podium and speaking about things that I've learned. And so these are all kinds of things that I'm pushing myself to be more of the, uh, as a backpack journalist and as a, a metaphorical backpack. It's like having all these like great things and trying to be a teacher now to teach people of what I've learned. Wow. And you know, I'm glad you're able to really find the time for yourself as well, because it's so important because I know you've got such a huge passion for this. I'm glad that you're really taking the time out of it because I've learned too, when you're so focused on your projects and you want to strive and become successful in it, you really need to focus on yourself to be able to really have fun a little bit as well. My personal life, my dad was a PhD in biochemistry and he worked on cancer research. And my dad, Paul Wiggler, he did a lot of great things in cancer research. And then my mom started Midway Drug and Alcohol Rehab Center. My mom always said it wouldn't exist if it weren't for her being in an orphanage, kind of like an orphanage-like environment when she was young. She was put into a boarding school. Unfortunately, she was abused a lot and she lived there for like two years. And she had a horrible experience there. And so she took all of that and made something beautiful out of it. And now it still exists today, Midway Drug and Alcohol Rehab Center in Knoxville. And my dad's papers are still out there for people to see if they want to look it up for cancer research. And so, you know, it's taking all these like things and trying to make something uh, good out of all of that, you know, trying to do something good from adversity and struggle. And I've met countless other people. I have another friend who, spent 25 years in jail, and now he has a, a prison reform talk show. It's Jimmy Cronenberger, and people can check out that interview on uh, the YouTube channel. So I love to hear these stories, and I try to be that person too. I want to try to make some beautiful things out of all the uh, challenges not just myself and other people have had to go through in their lives. Well, I definitely uh, appreciate you sharing that with me. Where can the listeners find you? Well, we do a Spreaker channel, and then it goes out to higher, our Heart Radio and iTunes, and also the um, they're called is E Town Halls with an S on the end. If you just Google it, you'll find the YouTube, and you should be able to find the Spreaker. I have one link. I, I learned about this recently. It's really a cool website, but it's linktr.ee forward slash Daniel Roy Barron with one R. That actually has like six links, so it has my link to my book or 
I think if you just Google Looking Glass Shattered, you'll find the book on Amazon. There's a lot of great ideas and technologies out there, but that's pretty much how people can find me. And I'm on uh, Facebook under Face Triage. If you look at me, uh, try to find me on there. And Twitter, I have a really large audience there with a lot of other activists and advocates. Uh, I think the theme of the show overall is talk about things that nobody cares on corporate media but everybody should. It's kind of similar to that Aerosmith song, talk about things, nobody cares, but everybody should. So that theme is just doing what we can to try to give voice to the voiceless. You know, it's all led me up to this moment as we look into the 2020s and go forward. So I really get people excited about these electronic town halls around the world. It's not just here in the U.S. It's meant to help Canada and everybody around the world. Well, I really thank you for all your time and I you know, all the knowledge that you carry. I just want to thank you for everything so far and tell the listeners out there, all his information is going to be in the show notes for you. Dan, thank you so much again. Oh, thank you so much. Hashtag E-Town Halls, powered by Direct Vote. We the people, let's let's make this happen. We the people. That's from when I wake up in the morning and go to bed at night. Uh, it's like, I want to see this into, re- not just up there in the clouds and theory. Let's make this into reality. Let's make the Roaring Twenties, the new version of the Roaring Twenties, direct voting for the first time in the history of humanity around the world from coast to coast and from sea to shining sea. So thank you very much. Thank you, Dan, once again. And to all the listeners, thank you for tuning in for another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. That's all we have for now. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jessica with the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Hey, it's your boy Bromar, host of The Bromar Show. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pen from the CQP Moments Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is your boy Ken, aka The Gentleman of the Gentleman Lifestyle Podcast. Hi, this is Stephanie Valente, your local massage therapist. And now you're you listening, are to listening to a little bit of everything, everything with Angelica. Angelica. That's it for now, and thank you for tuning in on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on the podcast platform that you're listening to. Are you enjoying a little bit of everything with me? Then buy me a coffee. Yes, you heard right. Buy me a coffee. All the coffee you buy me will go towards new equipment, a backdrop for my YouTube channel, and continue to keep the podcast ad-free. And obviously to keep going with weekly episodes. So buy me a coffee at chaos fi.com slash everything with Ange. Once again, it's ko-fi.com slash everything with Ange. That link will be in the show notes for you. And thank you for buying me a coffee and supporting the podcast. <laughs>